Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I discuss geocaching and my adventures with it. This interview was recorded using Zoom and may sound different than other podcast audio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Amy, Shadow Dragon One, and with me tonight are fellow geocachers, Nick and Kelly. Thank you both for joining us tonight. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> So you both started geocaching during the pandemic, correct? We did. We did. Actually, not too long ago either. I think just in August is when we picked it up. So how did you find out about geocaching and get started into this? Well, we both had known about geocaching for a while. Like we were talking to you before the show started that you knew about geocaching for a few years before you actually got started. And I think both Nick and I had heard about geocaching. My sister was really into geocaching. Maybe we had done it like once on our own, but didn't really, didn't really stick with it. Yeah, I did one in college where we spent an hour in the cold looking for a cache. (laughs) It was hidden in a tree and I wasn't even the one to find it. And like, I was over it. <laughs> yes, not a good first experience for Nick. Yeah. Um, we just we just never got into it. Um, but then this summer, uh, I was taking an online course actually with someone who worked for geocaching, um, oh. and her whole job was like improving the experience to hide caches. And so listening to her talk about her role, I was like, man, geocaching seems really fun. It was like a beautiful like week in August in we live in Brooklyn, so a beautiful week in August in Brooklyn. And I was like we've been in the house cooped up, you know, with COVID and quarantine, like let's get out and, and geocaching is such a great way to, you know, get outside um, and also kind of do it in a socially distant way, you know, in the, in this time. Um, so yeah, we, we decided to try it out. And so kind of dragged ourselves out from our Brooklyn apartment. And um, that first day, I think we found five, um, five geocaches in our neighborhood. Nice. So what are your current stats? Ooh, what do we got? Uh, we have 124 finds. We've got one hide. Yes, one hide. No um, favorite points on it yet, but if you are <laughs> ever in Cobble Hill in Brooklyn, um, you can go find the Bring Your Bagels cash. Um, throw us some favorite points. Shameless plug. Shame. No shame. No shame. <laughs> yeah, I have no shame. That's, that's completely a lie. Our, our max streak is two days. <laughs> that was a good weekend. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, our max finds per day. Um, so if we found five our first day and thought that was impressive, we got up to 17, um, earlier this month. So I wouldn't say that we're like busting out power trails or anything quite yet, but feel pretty good with our, you know, having passed the hundred, hundred, um, finds your mark. stats sound a lot like mine, to be honest. Yeah. With you. <laughs> I think like my, my longest streak was maybe three days in a row and my most in one day, I think was. 15 or 16 and that might be exaggerating a little bit i don't remember for sure but how do people get 50 60 100 500 oh the 100 in a day just mind boggles me yeah Yeah. Yeah. we we started comparing ourselves which is you know comparison is the thief of joy it's a dangerous route to go on but we were in the middle of indiana um just kind of at a gas station and i was looking up oh are there any fines nearby no just in case um and we saw a, a, a just a, like small nano or something hidden, you know, somewhere nondescript. And it was most recently found found by Saul sixty nine. I'm like, oh, who's this? One hundred sixty nine thousand geocaches, like one of the top <laughs> geocachers in the world. Ooh, wow. 
in awe because that is a ton of geocaching, but also yeah. like kind of starstruck because like this guy was here right before us. Yeah. <laughs> so kind walked of fun. on the same ground as a superstar cacher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a crazy amount of finds. I've, I've talked to some people that have been doing it for ten years, and you know they have twenty thousand plus finds. I'm like. That is amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. How do you get a hundred thousand finds? I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, we we have one travel bug in our name, um, Firebutt, which is a firefly, and it's currently on a um, uh, trackable tour of some sort. And the person who found it, um, whose name I don't remember, but has found 29,000 trackables like wow. just in insane you know it's so and, impressive and he doesn't just find them he takes them on on guided tours he's yeah. a travel agent for travel yes, bugs that's what it is. so oh. he, he collects travel bugs that are all seeking the same destination and he's, he's taking cool. our firefly fire butt down to the southwest on a on a tour later this year oh yeah. wow and, and sending great pictures along the way too yeah oh that's so cool i hadn't heard of anybody that does tours like that for their yeah and so that's one thing we, we've just enjoyed is like how kind of quirky um this hobby is and just like yes. like <laughs> you know, what you find and and the different ways people take it has just been really fun um yeah i think we've been lucky to have started in brooklyn because like every find we have has been so, so high quality like um one of our first finds had an entire history of the Gowanus Expressway and like taught us all about this local history that we just had no idea about. Um, so it's been fun to like, you know, there's a whole series of like Revolutionary War caches near mm -hmm. us. And, um, you know, whether it's like travel bug, travel agent, um, or Revolutionary War caches, like there's so many different like um, pieces of the community that we've really enjoyed. They really are. They really are. There's a different type of caching experience for every cacher from if you just want to do parking grabs to if you are a five five cache all the way type person it, there's something for everybody out there so do you remember your very first find of course <laughs> yeah the uh, first one we walked or we biked up to our, our favorite ice cream spot in town because there was one uh right there at the neighborhood ice cream parlor not just any neighborhood ice cream parlor the brooklyn pharmacy which has Excuse the me. best sundays of all time and this cash was sweet treat and we have eaten many a sunday from this place over our time living in brooklyn and so it was kind of surprising it was like wait we've been here a million times like what do you mean there's a geocache here like where would it be we're like trying to think about that and then we're also like I'd done enough reading to like know what a muggle was. I think by the first time we were there, <laughs> we're like, oh, it's an ice cream place in the middle of August. We don't want to like muggle it, which I, you know, or get muggled. And so we, we had to find that, but yeah. you found it. Yeah. And it was just, you know, we sat down on the bench, like really had no idea what we were looking for. Um, and then just like leaned back like, oh my gosh, is that a piece of trash? <laughs> maybe it's, a, maybe it's something we want. <laughs> it's not trash. It's a geocache. Yeah. <laughs> and we just like, okay, be quiet. Don't yeah. tell anybody. No. Keep your chill. Yeah. Keep your chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, was, it was pretty exciting. Uh, yeah. Nice. Was that like a traditional cache or what type of cache was it? Yeah. Just a traditional, traditional. cache. Yeah. 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 In, in New York too, um, there's a lot of micros because Oh, yeah. At least getting out of the city is they get a lot bigger because they're easier to hide. In New York, you just can't 
hide things that big. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would imagine in the city that would be hard to, <laughs> hard to pull off. Yeah. Oh, you made a comment. It's how you've been there a million times and had no clue. That's, that's one of my favorite things is discovering. Mm-hmm. It's like, I have been here so many times and never would have guessed there was something hidden there. And it's, I like it. I it's, I think it's a fun little, little experience. And then you know the secret. So next yeah. time you oh, go exactly. by, you know that those fifty people standing there over there have no clue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I love the the glances we're going on our walks around the neighborhood. Like, oh, yep, that one's still over there. Oh, the rugged rubber ducky's still behind the bench. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you see another layer to the world that didn't exist before. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. You really do. So when you guys first started, was there anything that you found really confusing or really difficult to figure out with geocaching? Where to find them? You know, <laughs> first start, you don't know what you're looking for. You're, you, you know, like you just have no idea. You don't have the um, geo eyes on yet, you know? Yeah. Uh, like now we know what a geo trail is, which like you don't really get geo tra- trails in Brooklyn, right? Like there's no leaves here. Oh, here might be a trail. So that's another thing, just like urban caching, I think is a little bit harder, but then you start to get a feel for it and you like find your first, like, I remember we found our first fake bolt in uh, Williamsburg and it was like, whoa, bolts can be (laughs) geocaching or like our first lamppost finds, like, oh, this lifts up. And so, you know, you spend a little bit of time figuring that out, but then you know for the next one. So I think just like figuring out the first what to look for is probably a big piece of it. Yeah, because like, you know, my first gut is like, oh, let's look in the hardest place to find it, you know, which is yeah. not generally how people hide caches. You know, <laughs> put them by a beacon, which took us a while to understand what that meant. Yeah. You know, it's something that's just identifiable that your eyes are attracted to. Yeah. Um, and then just getting familiar with the terminology, like the first time we found a preform, we're like, what's a preform to? Oh, yeah. Like what's bison tube? Yeah, like these things you just don't know what you're looking for. Is it this big or is it like this big? I, I really don't know. And then I would say, but we have been shameless about using everything at our disposal. Like we're not hardcore, so like instant. Our early early on, we realized like we're not very patient. So for us to enjoy this, <laughs> we have to cheat if we need to, right? So we're like, okay, we give it like three minutes. Like I don't know, a minute. Like I don't think we spent so much time like looking on our own our willingness to like look has increased as we have done this, but then it's like instantly look at the log and the activity for hints or, or use the hint or like look at photos. So I think we were like kind of easy on ourselves, which I'm grateful mm-hmm. for because it like made us stick with it and have a good time. You know, when you first yeah. do it, it's about having a good time and finding it. Mm-hmm. It's still about, it's still that. I think. Yeah. 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 Do you find yourselves looking at things differently now? Like, Oh, this could be a cash container or this, is where I, I see that little corner over there under that bush and that's some place I would hide something. Yeah. I mean, definitely there's, you know, we've, we've done our own before geocaching, we would go on coffee walks, just like walking around the neighborhood. And I think we took those mental maps and we're like, that would be a great cache. That would be a great cache. That would be a great cache. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, thinking about like what makes a great cache, one thing that really stuck out to me is like, put it somewhere you want people to come visit. And so our cache, 
uh, bring your bagels in Cobblehill Park <laughs> in <Brooklyn>, New York. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, is that's like our favorite park. Um, and so, you know, we, we're very happy to like share that with people. Um, we have another cast, um, that we want to do. I, I'm not going to mention it because I, I don't want anyone to dibs the spot. <laughs> you know, the, the radius in Brooklyn, like you can easily have your spot dibs. because You're trying to fit in between nice. the red lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's a place we've been going to for a long time and, um, so it's got a great view. And so, yeah, we're like, okay, that would be, that's our next one, you know? So. We've got a, we're working on number two. Nice. Have you found a lot of different cash types so far? Or is it, do you have, are you basically just traditional in the area that you're in? Or have you had the opportunity to go find different types of caches? A few, yeah. I mean, we've done the like traditionals a lot and then multi-caches. Those are always fun. Um, we had really fun with, uh, we were visiting family in Wisconsin and we did a, a, a message cache or message box mm. and it was uh, it was so weird to get used to but by the end of it we loved it it was just like step-by-step -step turn instructions through this park down different trails and like you could have easily just said go to this trail and it's on the corner but it's so much more fun to like try and follow directions where it said take 10 steps then take a left then take 10 more steps and take a right and go 100 paces you know and look for the big tree it was so fun um, and then we, we started to get into like puzzle caches yeah uh, that's those are really rewarding uh, and pretty fun yeah we've had some that have panned out we had a good one um in governor dodge state park in madison um that was like our first real in the woods cache you know we've been in brooklyn like this is the only time we've left brooklyn in quite some time and so to see like we had to like dig in the leaves and find an ammo box and and that was like such a cool moment for us because it was so different than anything we found um, and then another cool cache we had was a night cache. And we saw that as an attribute and we we're like, that'd be, that'd be dope to find. Um, and one was enabled um, right near us. And so we got to check that out and that was super cool. It um, had like a, the fire tax on yeah. trees. So you, yeah. you like, get out the parking lot and you, you pan your flashlight around. All of a sudden like this little like beacon lights up on the tree. You're like, oh my gosh, there it is, let's go. <laughs> it follows around for half a mile and you end up in the woods digging for uh, I'm digging for the cash, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite cash type so far? Um, the ones you can find. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> yeah. um, and I would just say, you know, it doesn't matter. Well, my thought is like, I'd be curious to hear what you say, but it doesn't matter what type, right? Like traditional, multi, mystery, whatever. But when there's thought in it, um, you know, even there's one by us in Gowanus, which is a super fun site. It's like a total junkyard. Like the amount of um, caches near us that are like celebrating the history of the super fun site or the expressway, like, you know, we're learning something in those. Same with like earth, earth caches, you like get to learn in those. Mm -hmm. um, or just like, you know, there are some really elaborate ones on Long Island that just take a ton of creativity. So when, you know, cache owners, put in extra effort to like make it delightful, whether it's in learning something or like doing a pinball thing to like pinball wizard in Long Island is what I'm thinking of where yeah. you, you know, it's like a game to get it out. So I think those, those that go the extra mile um, really enjoy those. We found too that like, it seems like there's different communities um, with geocaching, like regional and, mm -hmm. and they all inspire each other to get better in something. I'm noticing here, like in Minnesota, there's um, a lot of puzzle caches of a certain type there's so so many of them and it's really fun to like get into that type or like in, in new york city um everyone tries to put more and more history and knowledge into there mm -hmm. so like there's really really educational um caches 
further on Long Island, um, we came across like a, a town that was all about puzzle caches. And like wow. everyone's trying to one up each other there. So there's like, you know, half a dozen geocachers who have a bunch of puzzle caches that are all super creative and really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. So at this point, I'm guessing you guys have some sort of caching kit you've developed. Uh, kind of. I would kind say of. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think our tools are our cell phone, flashlight, and camera. I mean, again, we live in Brooklyn, right? So the under the bench, like sly, can you see anything? Yeah, instead of a mirror, we'll yeah. like you know, take a selfie underneath the bench. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's a good one. But that's like really it. Um, and if we're smart, we'll remember to BYOP and bring a pen. Spoiled <laughs> with that. Ooh, but the, the New York City bodega always yes. is there to save you. I don't know if you're familiar with the bodega culture, but there's always a store on the Those corner. Those are like the little corner yeah. stands, yeah. right? Okay. Have everything you could ever want. So. Which like sometimes you put it to the test and you're like, why would they ever sell individual pens? Like how big of a market can there be for individual <laughs> pens? Lotto tickets, I get milk, okay. Individual pens? Maybe there's a bunch of geocachers. One of them came in handy on our way to pick up it was a puzzle cache. I'd probably spent like, we'd spent like a week working through. There's like seven stages to it. It was really involved. Oh, um, and we, went, we found the cache the previous day, but didn't bring a pen. Oh. Like, <laughs> Nick, Nick is trying to pretend like he didn't forget the pen twice. He's responsible for the pen. Yeah. Um, so it was our third time. Yeah. Um, and then the one thing we did, the only other tool we've gotten was we had a custom stamp made. Um, when we were out in Wisconsin, you know, again, like in New York, it's just like all you can do to sign a log. But in Wisconsin, there were all these like full size notebooks with stamps. And we were like, this is so cool. We need a stamp. So we got a custom stamp made on Etsy, um, which has been nice. So you've mentioned obviously New York because you're in Brooklyn and you just missed yeah. Wisconsin. And I heard Minnesota. How many states have you cashed in? Well, we, uh, so we're, we're staying with family in Minnesota right now, and, and we road tripped out here. Oh, okay. Also Wisconsin, so we've hit all the states along the way. That's a long road trip. Cascade, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a long road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then again, you're like, okay, how do we, like, you know, we've been finding caches at the service centers. I mean, we're not, like, stopping anywhere and doing anything really along the way, but we're like, okay, maybe we can get a cache here or a cache there, which is cool. But then it leads you to, like, the I-80 challenge, like, find oh, a yeah. cat a cache north and south of i-80 within 10 miles in all states that i-80 runs through and you're like who's doing this who's thinking of this <laughs> who's doing this and then yes. we're like oh we could do it we're like halfway through it yeah. <laughs> so like, oh we are becoming those people that we're like surprised exist you know yeah i there's some challenge caches around my area and it's like the the name was deceiving because it was called like the five five cash or something like challenge cash or something like that mm. and you're supposed to find 500 geocaches in five different states each what wow 500 wow. in each state for five different states i'm like wow uh, what yeah. how yeah <laughs> Okay, and so how close are you to that one? Not even. <laughs> I, I'm at, I think, 158 total, and they've all been in Missouri so far. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm a long ways away from that one. Yeah. Yeah, we have to have something to aspire to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot you can aspire to in, in geocaching. If there's, 
it's really interesting because if you want to aspire to challenge caches, you got those. If you want to be, I heard of a guy that has goes out every day and finds a geocache and every single day. And I think it was like a three year streak he had going. Wow. Which like, like that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Your radius, yeah. like the first 30 days maybe isn't so bad, but then, wow, that's amazing. You do it for years. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I know there's too. a, like doing it for one year is a big deal. And that's like a milestone that I know some cashiers strive to hit and then to continue doing it for multiple years. It's just mind boggling to me. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. what I haven't seen is like, well, I haven't really Googled, um, but I would love to see a list of like the craziest geocache challenges. And I know there's some like, you know, find a geocache or published from every month that geocache has been around. Like that's very popular. But like, what are all these like- You're looking for really weird yeah, ones. Yeah, I'm looking for the weird niche, likely unattainable ones. Yeah, you know? find 20 <laughs> caches that are- more than a hundred feet below sea level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some where it was, you were supposed to find so many different cache icons, like different cache types. And I think it was mm. like 12 different ones in a single day. Oh, wow. Yeah. In a single day. It was, it was a significant number. It was, it was ten yeah. or more. I don't remember exactly. In a single day, it was like depending on the area you're in. Yeah, that's gonna be really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if you do that in New York City. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, there's, uh, there, there's all kinds of cash challenges out there, and it's it's amazing what what you can find and some people just absolutely love them i tried doing a couple challenge caches and i was like you know what this feels like a lot of work and not so much fun anymore so maybe yeah. this isn't for me <laughs> yeah 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 gotta keep it fun even if that means reading the hints you know what i mean yeah best oh, exactly. caches is when you can find <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly so you guys said you have one hide already out there bring mm -hmm. your bagels to I bring bring your bagels, Cobble Hill Park in Brooklyn. Very Cobble good. Third Brooklyn. Okay. I almost got it. I almost got I it all the way. The favorite points coming. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, when did you guys decide that you wanted to do your first hide? Mm. Did you know early on so that maybe you were interested more. in hiding it, or did it take a while to get there? I feel like you know we we probably had started thinking about like oh where would we hide it as soon as we started finding them. You know, I think that's like natural. Like you're like, oh, I found one. Okay, now I need to hide one. But when you're in bed, like, you know, it's probably best to, like, do about 100 before you hide one, just so you know, like, what makes a good cache, et cetera. And we are glad we waited, because it, it, it gave us some perspective on, like, what makes a good hide, what to look out for, you know, how to make sure it's muggle-proof and, and, like, you know, quality. Um, I don't know when we exactly start figured it out, but, yeah, some, yeah. sometime in the last month, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, you said you picked that park because it was your favorite park to go to? Mm hmm So how did you pick the exact location in the park? Was it just based on what was available? Yes. We, did, or? we did a couple scouting trips, you know, and we wanted to see where the muggles sit. Mm -hmm. um, it's a fairly small park, and you know, there's, a, there's a number of seating locations, and uh, it's hard to be sly 
we had to do the foot traffic analysis, see where the hotspots <laughs> were, where were the, you know, less busy spots. How could we, I mean, it had to be, well, now I'm giving, it's, yeah. it's a fix to <laughs> there. Um, and so, yeah, our biggest thing was like, we didn't want kids to find it because half the park is a playground. And then just putting it anywhere near tables is like kind of a no-go given the, the velocity there. Yeah, and you don't want people like sitting at the table for all day and you can never find the cash. Yeah. Yeah. So our biggest thing was like, does it look hidden but findable and so um we were happy when it was found like twice within the first day we were like okay people can find it we're we've it, it's first mission achieved um now does it not get stolen <laughs> that's the second objective <laughs> so what type of cache is it did you go with a traditional cache or did you do a different cache type oh uh, yeah we just did a micro um, yeah, micro. Nano, i guess the little uh, magnetic tiny nanos that some people love to hate on yeah. Oh, I love to hate on those. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You given your location, I can understand why you would. Yeah, like that. Uh, I sometimes try to cash with my son who's six. Not really interested in trying to find yeah. a pencil eraser. <laughs> I could see yeah, how that would be less fun for a six-year-old for sure. No, yeah, it's, it's not very fun for me half the time. <laughs> I get so frustrated with it. And then if he uh, he likes what he calls toy caches, mm. which are swag caches with yeah. swag, and but he calls them toy caches. And if I go out without him, he'll be like, "Mama, if you find a toy cache, will you bring me something home?" Oh, <laughs> of course I will, sweetie. <laughs> How can I say no to you when you you do that? <laughs> um, we we've been wondering like what kind of swag would we leave, and and this is just kind of a funny story. I mean, um, you know, like what what is the right thing to leave? Um, I don't know. Maybe a decade ago, like maybe not quite. I drove. I spent one year driving the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile across the country, oh, and like wow. I wish I geocached <laughs> then because I would have definitely like amped my states up. Um, but in that year driving the, the Wienermobile, I have just like thousands of Wiener whistles. And I was like, this would be such good geocaching oh, swag. Yeah. You know, like kids would love small. that. Adults they would fit love in that. A, yeah, they fit in a ammo box. They come pre-wrapped. Like you can't get better than that. So um, we're at the in-laws who are graciously, thank you, Carol and Denny, <laughs> um, storing all of our stuff in our that doesn't fit in the 400 square foot Brooklyn apartment. So we're going to bring a bag of whistles back so that we can drop them in. Catch oh, them. how fun. I love yeah. it. Yeah. That would be absolutely cool. amazing to find. Yeah. And <laughs> the we are whistle. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're like looking for reasons to get rid of them. This is the perfect reason. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. I would just start sending them out as Christmas presents. <laughs> if you got that many, everybody gets a witty whistle this year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I love it. So has geocaching taken you to maybe an area around your town that you didn't know was there, like a monument or some sort of little hidden gem in Brooklyn? Oh, that you always. Know about? Every time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like there's so many things that we have never thought to look at in our city. Yeah. Like, I mean, one example is Fort Green Park. Um, I mean, there is a lot of like Revolutionary War history. One of the geocaches, this was the prisoner prisoners of war on prison ships monument. 
and it was like crazy like more more soldiers died uh, as pow's on on prison ships than actually fighting in the revolutionary war or something oh, wow. like that one google and fact check me um, <laughs> like, see that um and like that's so close to home you know mm -hmm. or you know alternatively um less interesting but we you know we've lived in the city for a while and had never gone out to long island um and so we went out to long island and discovered this like hamlet full of the best geocaches in the country and we're like wow this cache owner motorima like produces the best stuff when we went back out the next weekend we're like we're addicted to motorima yeah some random Farmington town or something yeah yeah random yeah. town just suburban you know business park but yeah. loaded with great caches yeah. yeah so we we would never have gone there uh but now our like patrons yeah weekly I, weekly visitors i think it's been half a day just driving around a mall parking lot yeah. finding all the caches like when did you ever spend half a day at a mall outside of high school yeah you know? <laughs> That's, I didn't spend half a day at a mall inside of high school. <laughs> well, me neither, but I'm just saying. I was, uh, I was never the mall person. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe the geocaching audience. Like, maybe there's no yeah, <laughs> Mall rats and geocaching. Like, mall rats don't grow up to be geocachers. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I feel like there's a t-shirt there or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah that's funny. What is your favorite thing about geocaching so far? I think it's the high of finding one, you know, like, I think our, we're just like, oh, we found it. Well, actually we say, um, so that no muggles catch on to us when we find a cache, our, our tradition is to yell, I got a text, which, <laughs> in a British accent, which like one, I got a text is like a reasonable thing maybe to say, it's not suspicious, but that actually comes from Love Island, uh, which we, that was our prior quarantine hobby was watching Love Island, which is a, a British um, TV show, 54 one hour long episodes. Like when you think about quarantine hobbies, 54 hours of Love Island versus um, 54 hours of geocaching, like much better hobby. Yeah. So. <laughs> Wish we would have found that yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the, I think my favorite thing is just the feeling of like finding it and just this like little like endorphin rush that you get when you find it. Um, I think, you know, there's so many other benefits of like taking new, new places and planning and, you know, everything, but just the little endorphin rush is my favorite. Yeah. Well, I, you said the last bit there that was going to be my favorite, which is like the places you go that you never thought you'd want to go. Um, especially because like as you fill out your smileys around you in the places that you're familiar with then like you're forced to go to places you've never been to to like find the rest of them and they're always going to bring you to places that you never really planned on going to and you know like just thinking about a park that we'd go to every weekend if we had the chance you know, it's like now we have to go to a different park every mm -hmm. weekend because there's caches at those different parks and it, like forces you to change your routine in like a really positive way yeah yeah, we found a, a great park um, just south of us at the Red Hook um, Ferry area. And it's just like, whoa, this has been one mile from us for three years. I cannot believe it. It's amazing. Um, so it's just, yeah, that's been a, mm -hmm. a real joy. Very cool. Have you guys had to log any DNFs? The oh dreaded DNFs. Okay, DNF. <laughs> okay, when we talk about people like the, the most extreme ends of geocaching, I saw one person on Reddit um, and they 
had a tag and it was like the total number of DNFs they'd had. And it's just like thousands, you know? And so they were celebrating how many DNFs they've had, which I love that, right? Like it's such an important, I mean, it's just like part of it, right? Part of yeah. part of it. Um, I was trying to find the, the picture of it, but there was a, uh, someone left a business card for like DNFs oh, and yeah. it was proud about how many DNFs they have <laughs> had over the years and it's their business card. So if you have trouble finding one, you can call them too and they will be of no help. <laughs> um, <it's> very funny. <laughs> I love, it. I love yeah. it. I'm trying to think. I don't know if we've had any dramatic DNFs. You just have to let them go, you know. But one thing we will say that we we'd love your input on this. Thanks for the quick find. Does that mean it was actually a quick find for people, or is that an inside joke that this is definitely not a quick find in any way? I think it depends on the cash that they note it to. <laughs> <laughs> Because we've seen it many times and we're like, there's no way this is a quick find. Like, like, thanks for the quick find. We've been here three times, like a collective like, hour and a half. What do you mean, thanks for the quick find? We had to walk a mile through the woods. This is not a quick find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it depends on the geocacher. I actually had one a while back and it ended up being a lamppost cache. And based on the logs and the stats of the people, it was a hot spot for new geocaches. There were a lot of people that just had a handful of them and it was so many DNFs on there and people talking about how long it took them to do it. And I walked right up to it. I was like, lamppost cache, pulled it up. It was like, oh, cool little container, logged it. I had to think about that for a minute because I remember my first lamppost cache, I think took at least 20 minutes to figure out what the heck I was doing. Yeah. So I think the thanks for the quick find partly comes from as you figure out what you're actually looking for, you get it the becomes trip. quicker. Yeah. But then I've heard the flip side too, because I've heard some people where it's it's such an easy cash. And then like you said, they go back three or four times to find it and just can't find it. So yeah. it, it's crazy. <laughs> it's I apologize for, for anyone who's seen any vlogs from us that say thanks for a quick find where we might have been spiteful <laughs> they weren't quick finds we we're like there was like six logs of thanks for the quick find and we were like well fine we'll just say it too <laughs> well that's the whole part about text is you just infer the tones so. yeah yeah it really makes me want to like do find like some super hard cash like like there's one in greenland where it takes two days of off-trail yeah. hiking to get to this cash in the oh middle of goodness. nowhere and like most people leave like this epic story of how they found it, but just to leave a TFTC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Appreciate it. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you guys are writing fine logs, uh, I mean, being out in Brooklyn, if a bunch of them are parking grabs, it can get kind of hard to put much in a fine log to write out. But how much do you guys find that you include in your fine logs? I think we try to be pretty thorough because like something we love is like reading about what other people like their days and how, like what they were doing. Like even for basic ones, it's fun to hear like someone say like, yeah, you know, this was fine number six out of 34 for our day, like trying to get all the counties in Indiana or, you know, whatever, whatever the story mm -hmm. is. Right. Um, and so we've loved that. And so we, I think we try to reciprocate that as much as possible. Um, yeah. We try and, to and put a lot of detail. thought into them. Yeah. Um, sometimes our, our name is Nick and Kelly. Um, so creative, I know, but uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes we'll be like, this was Nick's perspective on it. This was Kelly's. Um, yeah, kind of give some color what we were doing that day, nice. et cetera. 
Do you ever cash without each other? No. No. <laughs> and Kelly. Yeah. Her stats would be cattywampus. Um, Nobody suggested, actually I suggested it once and it was very, uh, it was down. swatted down very quickly. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, you know, we solved this puzzle together. I just want to run out and grab it. Yeah. You're like, no. <laughs> no. Okay, never doing that again. Yeah. Nick yeah. did get deep on um, a court, which is a, a local cashier in New York, um, puzzle called the abyss. And it's like seven stages of the abyss. And, he, you know, it, he did, took me like 10 hours. He, and yeah. he did 99.75%, oh, wow. but I got like <laughs> a little bit, like I, I did say one critical, thing. Critical, critical. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but, you know, he, he did that, um, but we still went and got the cash together. Yeah. So, yeah. Just, just from what you said, I feel like there'd be a lot of drama if somebody went and got a cash without the other. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> where are these? Where have you been? Who have you yeah. been seeing? Yeah, like, I'm not reading his phone. Cash with blueberry body? <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> like bad. Netflix cheating on people. Yeah. <laughs> like, how yeah. could you? The infamous you cashing along. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this is quarantine and we haven't been apart from each other for more than five collective total hours since March. So yeah, there's no doing anything by themselves. Wow. So at this point, you guys are pretty sure you like each other. If you yeah. <laughs> have spent yeah. that much time together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We did joke though. If we, we ever broke up, I'm keeping the cash log. <laughs> you are? No. <laughs> we haven't had this talk. <laughs> not like, ready for he's this. like, that, this cash is mine. You're not <laughs> taking it. <laughs> Divvy up the CDs and the cash fines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Do you have any advice for anybody getting into caching? Ooh, bring a friend. Mm. Yeah, I think like if uh, individually, I would have tried to find some caches like starting out, you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know where you're looking. Um, you don't really know like the ways that you can help solve your own problem. And to do that on your own can be really frustrating. And I think it's like the barrier to entry is kind of high to get started. But just going to somebody else, even if you don't know what you're doing, um, you have a better chance of finding it. Yeah. That's a really good one. And it's just like more fun to find it together too. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that I've been telling my friends recently as I try to get them into geocaching is like sort by favorite points. And then you get like really high quality or cool ones right off the bat. And I think those are kind of fun to like, as you get going, um, a cool way to see, see some of the best of geocaching. For sure. Yeah. Cause finding a super cool cache can be like, oh my gosh, there's more out here. Yeah. And you'll, you'll like put up with the, the nano caches more. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, you thought it was trash on our first one, and it, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Those are great tips. Warning: This part of the show contains spoilers for the cash that is about to be discussed. So, as you both may know, I have the cash highlight every episode, and you mm -hmm. both have graciously agreed to do the cash highlight for us this week. And the cache you sent me was called Thievery 101 Introduction to Lockpicking. Cache ID GC82AEZ. The description reads, this cache is not a park and grab. Not many know this, but during my hobo days, one of my nicknames was Picky McPickface. Because I was prophetic at picking locks. Another was Thunder Chicken, but that's a story for another time. Picking lock is a skill that comes in handy now and then, so I thought I would give you a chance to learn how to do it as well. 
but only for the purpose of the cache. You should not use this skill anywhere else. Wink, wink. As you can guess from the introduction, you are required to pick a lock to access the log. The cache contains a lock and real lock picking tools. Below you will find a summary of how locks work and how to pick one. It's not a requirement, but you may also want to watch this video for help in preparing for this cache. Not only will it show you how a lock is picked, but I found the combination of the narrator's voice and background music amusing. Despite what Biggity Benz may say, I'm a nice guy, so the lock I've chosen for you for this introductory lock picking cache is a training lock, which is transparent so that you can see the pins move as you pick the lock. Mm, yeah. Yes, yes. A Motorima <laughs> cache out in uh, Long Island. Yeah, this was a good one. Um, well, Motorimas have all been fantastic. This lock picking one was fun because we like learned it. I think a useful skill. I would yeah. say I would say lock picking's a useful skill. You can pay <laughs> to get your key cut, or you can buy a lock picking set that'll be good forever. Yeah. On any lock. It's, yeah. So this lock was cool. Um, lamppost um, cache, but then to actually get the cache, you had to use the lock picking tool set that was included with the cache to pick the lock to then get the nano out of it, um, which was awesome. And it, yeah. it was a it was like a training lock. So in the cache description, it had you know information and links and videos to watch to learn how to pick a lock and uh it was like a clear lock so you could see through it and understand like how it works and then the follow-up cache to lock picking 101 was lock picking 201 oh. <laughs> and it was around the corner the mall parking lot and uh it was a lock but was not see-through so you had to like feel it and oh. use your skills you picked up in 101. you can tell he's an engineer it's just like radiating yeah <laughs> Maybe, maybe oh. it's biased that I picked the favorite lock. Yeah. <laughs> the favorite catch. What kind of engineer are you? A mechanical engineer. I am too, actually. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> right. You would love this cache. Yeah. I, I, when I pulled up the description, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish this was near me because this looks so fun. Yeah, it was cool. Not to brag, I got it like 30 seconds. Yeah, you were good. Yeah. You were yeah. good. And then, and then what did I do? I said... Lock it oh, back yeah. up. <laughs> I gotta stop the two before we can open the cache. Ten <laughs> minutes later, Nick still had open the lock. At that point, we were committed. Yeah, yeah. So we we did obviously come back, but then he got it, and then yeah. lock picking two hundred one or three three two hundred one, whatever it was. Um, we were like, okay, we can redo this, but we're signing the log before we lock it back. <laughs> <laughs> Should there be any challenges? Actually, but, I think you got that one faster. Yeah, but for the record, we both did unlock 201. Okay, babe. We both did it. <laughs> for the you internet. Yeah. <laughs> Just made no, you got it. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Very nice. So what kind of so was it i'm trying to picture this in my head so it had a lock over some sort of container that you opened to get to the nano is that how it works um actually it was just like a padlock and then where the u of the padlock is there mm -hmm. was a nano in a pvc pipe so oh. if you unlocked it then it would like slide out basically kind of okay um yeah it was pretty cool yeah small it was really smart yeah can we highlight a second cache too Sure, go for it. Yeah, the uh, the Motorima Industries. Okay, nearby, also, three miles away in this enclave of Long Island um, with only the best. And Motorima Industries, this is our first like super cool field puzzle. Um, we can I, give you I, the, the GC code too, so you can look it up. I don't Perfect. Know, other than it's super awesome. It was, I don't want to say anything because it'll give okay. it away. 
but yeah, the GC code GC7BMTC, definitely worth going to. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, like literally within five miles, you can do so much, so. It was, it was an absolute delight. Yeah. You know, had no idea what would we expect. Uh, 100% delayed yeah. from it. And you got to try the tuna casserole. Yeah, you got to try the tuna casserole. Yeah. Tuna Must casserole. try the tuna casserole. <laughs> yeah. Is it a tuna noodle casserole or just straight up it's tuna casserole? Nope, can't say anything You'll else. You'll have to go to London. <laughs> <laughs> when COVID is over, come out to Brooklyn, bring your bagels, call the park, and then go to Brooklyn Industries on Long Island. Oh, that sounds like fun. Well, I definitely hope to get out there to see Bring Your Bagels and check out <laughs> all these awesome caches you've told me about, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I will definitely put the links to both the caches that you guys told us about in the cache no in the in the sh in the cache notes in the show notes. <laughs> put the cache notes in the show notes. Maybe I'll get that right. That's what editing's for. Yeah, love it. <laughs> So is there anything else you both would like to share with us? No, I think just remember to bring your pen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the I, other advice we have. I think it's great that you guys actually, when you forgot the pen, said, okay, we can't do this, and then went back out a different day to actually sign it because I can't days. tell you two different days, two different days. <laughs> that is commitment because I cannot tell you <laughs> how many cash I've seen so many logs from so many different cashers that's like found the cash forgot my pen found <laughs> just marked it as a found online and move on so yeah. that's that's pretty awesome that you guys were that committed that you went out twice <laughs> and bought a pin along the way the third time yeah <laughs> that is pretty awesome that's i like that <laughs> yeah. well thank you both so much for coming on the podcast and talking to us about caching during the pandemic and how you got started this has been real fun and thank you both so much yeah thanks, thanks for having Amy. us and thanks for starting this it was yeah. so fun it was so fun to hear about your first to find. So we're still waiting on ours, but yeah, maybe we'll come back when we have a first to find story to tell. I would love that. Yeah, definitely keep me posted. You get that first to find story and shoot me an email. I'd love to hear about that. <laughs> you cool. bet. You've been listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. And if you know any other geocachers that may like this podcast, please share it with them. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much. Do you have a topic you'd like to hear discussed? Do you have a geocache adventure you would like to share for the cache highlight? Would you like to be a guest on the show? Reach out to me at geocache.adventures.podcast at gmail.com or on the contact page at geocacheadventures.org. You can also check out Geocache Adventures merchandise by visiting the store page at geocacheadventures.org. You can also sign up for the Geocache Adventures newsletter by going to geocacheadventures.org and going to the newsletter page and signing up there. The monthly newsletter will include a list of upcoming podcast episodes as well as behind the episode tidbits and other content as well. Thank you for listening and I hope you've enjoyed the show.